Hello, I'm Dan from Desert Island Dix. This episode features Sean Welby. She's a broadcaster, she hosts the Capital FM Breakfast Show every day, and much more besides. When she hosts the Breakfast Show, she probably doesn't have quite as forthright opinions on things that she hates as much as she does here, so I think it's well worth a listen to get a side of her that you probably don't get every day on the radio. Anyway, it was a pleasure talking to her, and you can listen to this episode very shortly indeed. Before you do, though, I just want to remind you that next week, as we release this, on Thursday the 6th of October, we will be performing at the Bedford Pub in Ballam, South London, as part of the Cheerful Earful podcast. We're doing Desert Island Dicks Live. Our special guest is John Robbins, who will be very good indeed, I have no doubt about that. And it would be lovely to see you there. You can buy tickets at cheerfulearful.co.uk and find out all the information there. Or you can go to the link that's in the description of this podcast. It's also on our Twitter and Instagram pages at DixPod, so you can get it there. Tickets cost just £8. £8? What can you get for £8 these days? Well, i tell you what you can get. You can get a great evening of entertainment and a lot of fun, and then we can hang out afterwards and have a drink if you fancy. It would be lovely to meet you. So I hope to see you there for another Desert Island Dicks Live. Right, on with the podcast now. Here we go. It's Desert Island Dicks with Sean Welby. Hi, I'm Dan Benedictus and welcome to Desert Island Dicks, the show that sees you marooned on a desert island after a plane crash with the worst people and worst things imaginable. Who they are and why they're a dick is up to our guest. And here to share their Desert Island Dicks with us today is broadcaster and radio presenter Sean Welby. How are you doing? Yeah, really excited to be on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Thank you for coming on. Thank you. So, um, you know, this is a chance for you to really rant about all the people and things you hate. I imagine sometimes being, you know, being a radio presenter in your position, do you find you have to sort of rein things in a little bit or, or is it quite easy for you just to open the floodgates and let rip? Oh, 100% because you're always scared of offending somebody and obviously when you get guests in, you're going to be as polite as you possibly can. So I'm looking forward just to be able to vent a little bit and uh, and be as honest as I can be. Great. Well, this is your safe space, Sean, and, uh, you know, hopefully, you know, you can come out of this feeling lighter and more relaxed and, you know, and hopefully it won't take a barrier away. And, you know, when you come back to the radio, you become all sort of sweary and opinionated. <laughs> so. Yeah, basically, we don't want to get cancelled off the back of me doing this podcast. No. So, yeah, as long as long as I keep it in a little bit with some decorum, I think we'll be safe. Yeah, we want a little safety valve, then back to normal. So uh, yeah. let's, let's see how we go. OK, so the plane has crashed. You're on a desert island. Island. who's going to be the first person joining you okay well this person isn't going to be a celebrity or a name that you'll recognize but this is a person that we probably have all encountered in our lives and and we're there and, and the plane has crashed and we're sort of looking around and then we all spot him and we all sigh and it's the guy in the high-vis vest <laughs> because we all know that the power someone feels when they have the high-vis on is is like that of presidential level so we immediately know this guy is going to be telling us what we can't do. Not what we can do, what we can't do. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And um, yeah, as soon as you say that, it's like we've, we've got a, a real mental picture in our heads of exactly who you're talking about. Because they never, they never really deliver good news, do they? It's never like, hey guys, do you want it? There's a separate area you can sit down over here. It's generally like, get out, move yeah. this. You can't put that there. 
Within seconds, this guy will be will be chopping up wood to create corridors you're not allowed to go down. He will be cordoning off trees that you can't go through, and there'll be no real logical reason, but you'll be going the long way round. You know, you find these guys in car parks, you find them at gigs, you find them at festivals, you find them on doors of clubs. It's somebody with more power than they actually have. But can you imagine being trapped with him on the island just making everything 10 times more difficult. He'd be guarding the fire and kind of being head of the fire, but not knowing how to how to keep it going. He'll be sort of telling everyone else how to do it and how they're doing it wrong. I wouldn't do it like that, mate. Give it here. But then actually having no clue. Yeah, yeah. I imagine you sort of wake up in the morning and suddenly to get to the sea, if you wanted to have a swim, there's one of those sort of airport lines, you know, with the barriers. And even though there's no one there, you can't, you still have to go through. You know, when they make you do that, you have to walk in zigzags, even though you could just walk to the front. Yeah, they do that in supermarkets, don't they, as well, where, they, where you can't just walk straight to the checkouts. You're doing, yeah, you're doing the full walk back and forth and snaking around. Yeah, and he'd give an orderly cue and then you'd finally get your turn in the sea. But sorry, mate, we're at capacity. You're going to have to get back for five and we'd be like what come on it's it's a desert island there's, there's loads of room no sorry this is a designated space you can't use over there because we've got a feeling there's some crabs on the loose down there so you're gonna have to be in this area uh, up to the cordon if you'd like to step back sorry can you step back and he'd be there just ushering us all and it would just become the most unfun place yeah, yeah. I think this is a really good choice, actually. Um, it's weird with the, the high-vis vest because it's not a badge or, a, a, you know, a proof of any authority, but it does so much. Like, I I, I remember, um, so me and a few friends used to put on the odd rave now and again. Oh, rock and if you ever had to, if you ever had to move stuff or sort of shift things a little bit furtively without people cottoning on we just had a load of high-vis vests <laughs> yeah. and so you just get absolute impunity to do it's like why are you taking that speaker down there oh it's fine he's got a high-vis and yeah. you know why are you moving that barrier so it can work in, in kind of the opposite way to your advantage but it's I mean something that you just literally take out of your pocket and go oh it's all right I can drive the van through here mate I've got one of these and they're like oh yeah fine then it's it's amazing the power it has but it's it's wielded in in the wrong way so often yeah, because exactly what you're saying. We all trust in in a way. We sort of go, oh, fair play. He must he must know what he's doing. Or, okay, this guy has authority because he has the vest on. People that wear the vest, sadly, they succumb to its powers. And yeah, you feel untouchable and you start walking into cinemas with stepladders or going into supermarkets and taking the trolley out with you. If you had the high-vis vest on, no one would stop you from taking that trolley. They wouldn't think you were stealing it. They'd go, oh, I must be doing some maintenance on it. Yeah. Like, so I think it just would be so lethal and he would be just my worst nightmare. I'd be like, oh, this is just going to be the worst experience ever. <laughs> I think it's perfect. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Sometimes, you know, you watch telly and you see, I don't know, like a dictator in an impressive regime and you just think, how have they managed to fool all these people? And you just think, well, given how fooled we are by a person in a high-vis vest, yeah. like, maybe, <laughs> maybe we're all just idiots, you know. So, OK, well, I think that's a really good start for the island because it's just going to make everything more complicated and irritating, even when you're trying to have a nice time. Um, who's going to join you then? Who's the second person? Second person, it's not a personal attack. It's more of these people as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm, I'm going to use an example and I'm going to say, first of all, it's newsreaders. But okay. I, I, just to give the person a face and a thought, it's Kay Burley, right? <laughs> Kay Burley's on the plane. And it's not that I have an issue with Kay Burley. It's just that 
I can imagine how tough it's going to get on this desert island, you know, and newsreaders turning up and the way they the way they say things makes it a hundred times worse. Mm. So, for example, if, if I was breaking the news to the gang, guys, we're running out of those tiny little crackers that we've been living <laughs> off for the past three weeks. Um, we've really got down them and it looks like they're running out. People might go, all right, Sean, don't panic. You know what? We can go foraging um, for some berries or we're going to climb some trees, find some coconuts. But if Kay Burley came out <laughs> and was literally like, in breaking news, the food source that the passengers have been relying on for many weeks now is starting to diminish, making experts wonder, will things turn to cannibalism? <laughs> More on this developing story as we carry on. And you would, you would be terrified. If Kate Burley started saying that, you'd be thinking, oh my God, that's it now, we're going to have to eat Jeff. We're yeah. going to have to do it. Or, you know, whoever the weakest one in the group is, we'd all be staring at them. And it would it would just make me panic. The second a newsreader starts saying anything in that voice, you're like, mm. oh, God, what now? Yeah, yeah, no, that's true. It's true. I can imagine her getting vox pops from the um, from the guy in the high-vis vest as well, who'd be only too happy to oblige and, and tell her exactly how things are on the island at that time. Oh, it'd be blatant. Thing is, you see, Kate, we've had Sean eating way too many of the crackers I saw last night eating them <laughs> when we'd all gone to bed. And the problem is, I've tried, I've tried to ration them out. People aren't paying attention. I've got them queuing to the right for the crackers, and hopefully we can, we can get some grasp on this and some control <laughs> of the situation. And you'd be like, no, mate, we don't want you controlling the cracker situation. Kay's making it worse than it is. We'll just go and find some other sources of food. We always knew the crackers would. Would be something that would run out we knew that at the start we've been enjoying the crackers and now we've got to find more food and and th those two combined would make this a nightmare again mm. because it escalated yeah yeah 100 percent. and i think with newsreaders i mean because we're living in a time where the news is so bleak so often you know <laughs> and I mean, some newsreaders there's a sort of a glint in the eye that you think if you you know when you finish work you're probably all right, you know. I reckon you could have a laugh. But some of the, like, I don't think Kay Burley's one of them. Do you know what I mean? I just feel like she's always on. I get that. Maybe that's unfair, but she's sort of just, she's very serious through and through, I think. Kay, Kay is almost like how I imagine those American reporters where if something is kicking off that's big or juicy, Kay turns up. You know it's big. It's like mm. if, if it's going to be a, an epic disaster or something like that, Kay pops up on the screen. You know, no one else is getting that story. She's mm. straight in. So her being about on the island would kind of make me think, okay, this is a bigger disaster than we thought because why was Kay even on this plane? Maybe it was always going to break down. Maybe she was doing an expose on dodgy airlines and now yeah. we're part of the story. And yeah, I think you're right. I think her turning up is because she finds the big serious story. Yeah. And she's and she's ready to to almost make it make it worse and add a bit more drama. Yeah, it'd almost be like a barometer. You see Kay putting on her smart jacket, and you're like, uh oh, oh, oh <laughs> no, it's go. about to go. Oh, she's down. put the blazer on, and the pearls are going on. Yeah, we're doomed. Yeah, yeah, and I, I wonder for them as well. If you're so used to that kind of moment of just sort of jumping into action and just sort of like feeding off the bad stories of the day or like the big dramas, just being on an island when nothing happens would probably just absolutely do their head in, you know, when they're used to that sort of fast-paced excitement. So I imagine that probably 
means it's quite hard for them to relax you know when you just think look we're here let's just get comfortable there's a lovely sunset let's get a fire going but they're kind of looking for that thing I think that'd be quite a tiring energy to have on the island yeah because you're right she'd maybe try and start a debate up if we thought someone wasn't pulling their weight they weren't getting enough firewood she would probably sit us all down on individual tree stumps get in the middle and and start sort of you know conducting the chat and say okay we'll start with you Karen did you think this morning it was a good idea to go and get the wood why it was still damp of course it wasn't and Sean over here you've been already busy sorting out the cracker situation and making it so much worse by eating it at night you've not admitted it are you going to tell the group how many crackers you've eaten this week she then up actually dividing us into which camp we were in yeah and before we know it we would have sides that we you know we'd we'd be doing stuff to hide food from the other side of the camp and we'd be blaming each other and she'd be pouring fuel on the fire by giving us some breaking news that yeah okay well my sources say that it 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 was aaron (laughs) who used that corner for the toilet when we had designated the other leaf (laughs) And I reckon this is what would happen. We'd all turn against each other because she'd be enjoying the drama and maybe secretly even recording it, hoping that when she got off the island, she would have this amazing exclusive of us all turning on each other and and maybe, you know, attacking each other. Yeah, I'm going to save this for, like, when we get back to land, this is going to be the making of me. I'm going to win Journalist of the Year sort of thing. Yeah, Yeah. this is my moment. This is where I get all the awards. (laughs) (laughs) Well, as often happens on this podcast, I think there's the interplay between the characters that makes it so interesting, and I think we're off to a really strong start here. So who's going to be the the final person joining you? Again, it's really hard because... You know, all these people, I'm very likely in, in my life on radio to maybe come across them and interview them. Uh, so I'm trying to find reasons to find them annoying in these situations. And somebody who I think would just be, again, because they couldn't actually help, as this would be irrelevant on the island, I think they would lose their mind. Martin Lewis, the money-saving expert. <laughs> because, right, money would be of no use on the island Mm. but I don't think he'd be able to kick the habit so I think he would be somebody who again is meddling and my thing that I think I find annoying in life is people meddling making things worse dramatizing stuff that doesn't need to be you know Martin would try and bring in a system maybe like a coconut paying system where we each have our allotted coconuts and then maybe he decides that whoever is cooking the meal that night depending on the level of meal we should pay in coconuts that reflects the value of the meal and then there'd be workers rights there'd be people cooking he'd be giving them 20 minute breaks let's say going down the cooking route and restaurants Mm. it's that bit when you finish the meal and there's like an awkward 10 minutes where you're waiting for someone to come over and give you the bill and if martin's brought in this scheme we're gonna have to all be sitting there (laughs) waiting for the waiter to bring over the bill They bring the bill and you immediately want the card machine. In this case, you want to give the coconuts, but they've already wandered off now, so you have to wait and stare at the bill. Then you have to make that awkward thing, do we ask, do we bring them over? You wave, do the nod, yeah, we we want the card machine or we we want to pay. Then they come over and then you have to go through this whole thing of, of paying and then waiting for the receipt. That whole thing drives me mad. And I'd probably be there going, look, Martin, can we just pay up front in the coconuts of what we think the meal's going to be? No, no, no. No, we have to do this properly. You have to make sure you've enjoyed the meal. Um, As a consumer, you have rights as well. Then afterwards, we do it properly and you pay what you think was proper. Maybe maybe uh, I've gone mad here, but (laughs) that is the most annoying 
think. Yeah, I think it's not the energy you want in that scenario, certainly. And I think, you know, Martin Lewis, I think at the minute, you know, he's performing a good service. I feel like he's really in his element right now. You know, there's like the cost of living crisis and, you know, you see him popping up. He's become this outspoken, sort of passionate guy rather than just someone telling you about ISIS and stuff. Yeah. Away from that, I mean, there's two ways it could go. You know, either you take him away from the need to save money or care about any of it and he just becomes this enlightened <laughs> monk-like, you know, higher power because he's just completed, you know, there's nothing left for him to do. Or he just goes, he, he can't kick it and he's just, yeah, like you say, just finding systems or sort of like trying to streamline everything, trying to make it sort of efficient and, and as good as possible. Maybe teams up with high-vis guy, you know, and that, I think... You don't have a relaxing island, basically, at this point. This is the thing. I'm trying to think of people who would create this stress and this rigid sort of thing. And like you say, Martin Lewis in everyday life is is a genius, is a legend. But on this island where money is just no use, you can't use the coupons, you can't log on and compare the market on on the palm trees (laughs) and, and the fishing net that you found, he's going to, like, either combust like a like a robot sort of mm. just slightly glitching until they break he's either going to do that or like you say maybe we f- we find this enlightenment and we realize that you know all along you know his whole life has been consumed by saving money and then we're on this island and he no longer needs money but then we'd get this converted person that would preach the new way of life onto us and how actually, you know, let's stop with all the systems and whatever and it could go the other way where (laughs) no one's saving coconuts and no one's, each man's out for himself. Yeah, it'd be so interesting to see how it goes. But yeah, I just think these people are very useful but I don't know if I want, want them around for dinner, you know. No, because there's only so much you can hear about coupons and yeah. and eventually but martin please just tell me a story about when you shout yourself once or something <laughs> Do you know what i'm saying like sometimes you some people just need to loosen up and get out of work and you realize yeah. you can't they don't have like silly anecdotes because sadly they're consumed by the job yeah. whenever i'm at a party or with celebs or whatever you don't really want to ask them about the single or the album or the movie you kind of just want to get straight to oh, tell me a funny story. Like, tell me the worst thing that's ever happened to you. Yeah, exactly. No, I think that's very fair. And I think it's a great trio of dicks to start with. So I think we're on (laughs) a very solid ground here already. So uh, well done. Now, look, we're going to move on slightly because mercifully amongst the wreckage of the plane, there was some food and drink left over. Unfortunately for you, it's your least favourite food and drink in the world. What are they and why are they so bad? I feel like I'd be so disappointed if the only crisps that survived were skips. Because I don't know how to trust a crisp that doesn't crunch. It's like, to me, I know people love a skip and they'll defend it to the death, but it's like a a meh crisp. It just melts. It's got no backbone. I, I I don't even know if it belongs in the crisp category. I think it's a cake. (laughs) honestly I I get a bit angry about it because how is it a crisp if it doesn't crunch it just melts on your tongue yeah I've never really thought about it like that I mean I think because they do seem quite innocent but yeah I get I get what you mean in a sort of like pick a side mate do you know what I mean they're not gonna like commit you need to commit because it's I suppose it's more similar to a prawn cracker but they really crunch you know a prawn cracker is a more elite version the skip is it's like 
sad cousin. Yeah, it's kind of like the equivalent of like, you know, if the prawn cracker is someone who likes to go on a big adventure, the the skip is someone who sort of takes their own tin of beans in the suitcase. Do you know what I mean? It's the yeah. safe version, isn't it? It's safe. like Safe. Just and 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 in every aspect, it's just about prawn cocktail flavour, but not really. Mm. You're like, what? Oh, it tastes a bit like it could be a prawn or something. You're, like, you're getting a tiny bit of it. It's like when your mum's drained the prawns for ages in the water and they've just lost. You know it's a prawn, but it's so weak and it's so wet. You mm. go, oh. All right, yeah, cheers. Needs a bit of like, needs that, you know, the, mm. the salad cream, the tomato sauce, and make that sauce to make it good. This is like the prawn that's had no cocktail put on it. Yeah, yeah. Because now I think about it, it's definitely a crisp that kids, it's more for the children, isn't it? It's like a junior crisp. It's not really yeah, like. Yeah, maybe it's, maybe you're right. Maybe it's a, a gateway drug to the bigger crisps. Yeah. You know, if like, you know, at the grown ups table, we've got the kettle chips, you know, like the spicier ones, the ones that have like taste like a roast dinner or whatever, you know, and yeah. then it's like at the kids' table, you've got like skips, those ones that are shaped, like, is it pom bear, you know, the little teddy pom bear shaped ones? Yeah. But they're, you know, they've got a bit more, you know, they've got some salt and bite to them at least, yeah. Well, lest we forget the quaver, what yeah. an elite crisp, and that's mm. made for kids, like, they're not too full of calories, they're pretty light, they've got little bit of cheese flavoring but you know with a with a, a quaver that it's cheesy and you get a crunch and it's a cool shape yeah would you say a skip is like is it supposed to be a shell yeah what is it yeah i suppose it is like a shell isn't it i'm just gonna google whether it says it's <laughs> prawn flavor or whether it says it's prawn cocktail because there is no way that it is prawn cocktail skip i think it would have to say flavor. prawn cocktail because i think the british public wouldn't buy something that just said prawn flavor on it <laughs> You know what I mean? Okay, like, I think right. in certain markets, they'd go for that, you know, but... Um... Oh, look at this. Right, I've, I'm onto them. So, <laughs> it is prawn cocktail, right? Hmm. Clearly, they've realised it's such a weak flavour. They've now brought out tingly prawn cocktail and sizzling salt and vinegar. What? The, now, do you know what? I, I can just about get on get along with skips, but the idea of a salt and vinegar skip is somehow much worse. I don't know why. It's like... I mean, I know what you're saying about prawn cocktail. It's almost less prawn cocktail flavour than it is an imitation of that. So it's like prawn cocktail flavour, flavour. It's like one step back, isn't it? It's, it's like it's diluted. You're right. It's yeah. the flavour of a prawn cocktail flavour. You're it's right. Like, yeah, like diet prawn cocktail flavour, crisp imitation snacks. You know. But and is it pota- is it potato? Oh, I don't know. I think I bet the rice is in there somewhere or something. I just rice. But I don't know what it is about. I don't know why it feels stranger to... I suppose because I know what a skip is, then taking it out of its box and making it salt and vinegar seems just wrong. It's like, you know when you get salt and vinegar peanuts and it's like, this isn't... Yeah. This is That's the wrong camp. That's not what I wanted. The, the, the Venn diagrams overlap too much. It shouldn't be like this. I'm sorry, I'm knee deep now in, in skip. <laughs> I, I've gone in a wormhole to see if they're even... I want to know if they are even potatoes. Oh! On Wikipedia, skips are similar to Chinese prawn crackers. So mm. you were right. That's where they fall under the, like, their family. They're in the prawn cracker family. That's what made me think it might be some kind of rice-based thing. It does say potato starch. Okay. So, I mean, again, it's the diet potato of mm. the crisp family because you can't be saying the starch. The starch isn't that if you boiled a pan of potatoes... The water has the starch in it, right? Yeah, I think so, yeah, yeah. 
And, it's barely even a potato. Oh, man. Yeah, it's a... And what's the tingly prawn cocktail? Is that just, like, a bit of more punch to it? By doing that, you're undermining your existing model, aren't you? You're saying, yeah. we need more of this, in a, you know, because we're starting off quite weak, you know, to, to bring out a flavour which is the flavour, but with a bit more. Because, you you yeah, you don't, you don't know what you're getting there. Are you getting more fizz? Like, is it fizzing quicker on your tongue is it melting mm. with a bit more of a fizz like that popping candy or is it the flavor that's got a bit more pizzazz to it yeah. i'm not risking it i, I think it would be a waste of a crisp uh, yeah I, I would never choose it i would never buy mm. it in a meal deal yeah you know what i've never i've never thought this strongly about skips before but i can't fault any of your logic or your arguments here and uh, you, you know i think you're absolutely right there well what would you try and wash it down with then what's your drink choice oh can you imagine having to wash it down? I mean, there's a few drinks that spring to mind that would be the worst. And again, I'm picturing myself on this island when you are just so thirsty. I'm imagining it being quite hot. And the thought of having to wash it down with, I'm going to say, a cheap rosé. And the reason I say this is it's the one that you've you've not thought to ask at the pub what types of rosé they've got. You go, oh, I can have a rosé. And they've given you, and, and also the glass is going to be, it's going to be that plasticky, don't trust you, wine glass. Mm. And I imagine that's how it would be delivered as well. The plane's not going to have glass on it. So you've got a really bad plastic wine. There's no fridge, so it's warm. And the rosé is dark red. Yeah. It's vinegar tasting, dark red, warm, no ice. And it's full. The other thing that annoys me actually with, with a rosé is you don't want it too full. You don't want it to the brim. Mm. It makes it so gross. So the thought of having to wash down like a pathetic skip that's prawn, diet prawn flavour with a really warm but strong dark red rosé. <laughs> that is the saddest meal I can <laughs> ever imagine. I'm really upset thinking that that could be somebody's last meal. Yeah, yeah. I mean, thinking about like I, I really like a nice rosé, but when it's like that, it's not as sweet and nice as something like Ribena, which it looks like. But it's not as delicious and dry and alcoholic as nice rosé. <laughs> you know, it's like it's it's neither camp. And and so often on this podcast, that's what we find are the worst things when it's like a nearly thing. You know, it's like yeah. there are drinks that would probably offend you more, but it could be better. You know, and um. Yeah, and especially at a presentation, it's really full. So, you know, you think bad wine, at least if it's really cold, you can sort of get away with it for a bit and then it starts warming up and you're like, yeah, the next day you've got that sort of sticky feeling. Oh, yeah. oh God, I've just had so... I, I, do you know what else falls into this category? And you're right about it being... It's the nearly stuff. So that... that it's a, a rosé really needs... To me, to enjoy it, it is that proper, crisp, uh, cold and real pale rosé real uh, pale pink when it's dark red you're like are you trying to be the red wine I, you know you're supposed to drink red wine warm but a rosé warm is disgusting so what what is going on in that camp where it is dark red yeah. it's it hasn't chosen what it is and i get the same fear as getting a, a, a really bad rosé as when you order a new cocktail. Mm. Do you ever do that where you go, oh, I'll try the, the French fancy. And you're like, oh yeah, I'll try that cocktail. And when it comes out, it's just like drinking some sort of toilet cleaner. And mm. you have to sit there, now you've paid 12 quid for it. 
and sort of like nod at and be so jealous of everyone else that went for the real bog standard gin and tonic and you're like I wish I'd just got that yeah because this cocktail that I've over prayed for is disgusting yeah totally yeah it's weird isn't it it's, it's kind of with the with the rosé thing it's almost like that really dark stuff it's it's for the people who don't really like wine that much so just <laughs> it's okay to have another drink guys you don't have to have the really shit one it's like, oh, I don't, oh I don't really like wine but I quite like rosé if it's sweet you know uh, sometimes add oh. some lemonade you know what just just have anything else like you don't need to it's okay to admit that you don't i don't like some drinks so i choose other ones we've got no shortage it's one thing that we've got plenty of choice in this country we've got a lot of drinks to get us through yeah. all the bad times we've got a lot of booze yeah i think that's a miserable drink and um Given the company on your island, I think you're definitely going to be reaching for the bottle despite all that, so, yeah. Now, fortunately, you won't be without entertainment on the island. The plane's entertainment system continues to work, but just your luck, it only has two working settings. One is your least favourite film of all time, and the other is your least favourite song. What are they, and why? Okay. Now, this song one, I work in radio, got a bit nervous thinking I've got to be careful who I say here who I slag off what song I say I don't like because I'll probably interview them and have to say to them how much I love their music um so I was thinking about this and it reminded me when I used to work in a clothes shop right we had one cd it had 12 songs on and it used to play we used to get one cd a month (laughs) on repeat eight hour shift every day and it was genuine torture like i've never experienced getting so angry about why is it this same cd but because it was approved and licensed we had to use the same songs and every day would be like groundhog day so it made me realize that no matter what song i pick this is the only one we've got on the island it's gonna we're gonna hate it even if it's my favorite song in the world Mm. we're gonna hate it so i started thinking of a song that would become quite creepy if it was played on repeat because it shouldn't be a creepy song but if you heard it day in day out day in day out i'm gonna go with pharrell williams happy oh good yeah i like that can you imagine hearing that on like some of your darker days on the island you may be three months in and it's still going because i'm happy (laughs) as you're all you know looking at each other thinking i'm gonna kill you in a minute yeah yeah definitely i think there are certain songs that people pick that really have a a glint of madness about them that you can really imagine just the descent into insanity with and this is one of them i think some christmas songs also work quite well for that (laughs) you know but you could just imagine like lying around dehydrated someone's been murdered or you've just had to eat one of your party and then that song comes on and you're just like there sobbing whilst chewing on someone's leg or something yeah it would be that end scene of a film yeah it would be it would just be playing your eyes are wild you've got no hair left you're covered in mud alan's dead we're eating karen uh kay burley's gone mad and is interviewing animals and it would just be playing like the most terrifying horror movie and then you've got pharrell clapping in the background and that song on repeat i think that would be horrifying yeah definitely oh that's a great choice i think i can just absolutely picture that i think also for me that was one of those songs where pharrell williams undoubtedly he's a talented hit maker but i always find myself incredibly out of step with everything he makes so every time he makes something everyone goes wild for it and i'm always like yeah, it's all right. 
Like, that's about as interested in his stuff as I ever get. And you know that feeling of, do you just think, why am I so out of step with the world when just everyone goes mad? And I've had it for years when it was all like, you know, it's getting hot in here. Like, everything he touches, I just think, yeah, it's fine. You know, I never, like, hate it. I never love it. And just, so every time I see him, I just think, fuck you, man. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He's one of those people that he's cooler than his own music. Yes. Yeah, exactly. 100%, man. Yeah, totally. (laughs) And it's like, I think now just having his name is like, oh, Pharrell did it. Oh, Sound of the Summer. Oh, have you heard this? And same with, like, the stuff he did with Daft Punk. I'm like, yeah, it's all right. I don't know. But I think... (laughs) Of all of his hits, I think this is the perfect one to go mad on an island to. It's a very good yeah. choice. Um, what would your film choice be? This actually does make me a bit angry. And for your reasons of not understanding the Pharrell hype, I never understood this hype. And it still it still winds me up to this day. It would be Frozen. Mm, yeah. Frozen is an average plot. It's got a f- one good song in it. Mm. And everyone went mad for it. And I honestly believe, my theory is, because for years kids didn't have musical animated movies. There was this whole phase of it being, don't get me wrong, I like stuff like uh, Toy Story, but Toy Story didn't have any singing numbers in it, no musical numbers. And then there was like Cars and a load of these other movies where, you know, kids loved them. But suddenly you give them a musical like back in my day when I was a kid growing up and they've all gone mad for it. And I think it's purely because they didn't know it existed. They were like, what is this? There's a song that I get to sing along to and it's really catchy. Mm-hmm. And and then it stayed in the charts for ages and it really, really annoyed me because I was like, oh my God, wait till you see Aladdin, Lion King, Little Mermaid. Yeah. Like take them back to the good ones. Yeah, definitely. Because, you know, I have to watch a lot of these films with my sons and, and, and it really... You know, when there's a good one that you all like and you can watch it again and again, it's such a relief. But, I mean, luckily, my son hasn't got into Frozen that much. But I just, you know, like the other day, walking him to school and there's a little girl singing it. And I just think, God, it's been out for, what, like, is it like 10 years or something now? And it still has that power. And and I remember watching it just thinking, I'm not a big fan of musicals. But, you know, there's some that, like, you know, like Moana has songs in it. It's quite good and it's quite upbeat and fun. And I just think... Frozen's just a bit serious and bleak and... It's so bleak. At the storyline, I can't even really remember it. Think of the buzz of that film, how much I must have talked about it. All I remember is, it's like them all moaning about this place suddenly getting snow. It suddenly goes cold. And the whole mission is to bring summer back again. Mm. And it's like, come and live in Britain. <laughs> and you will see that, like... That you like, I don't know. We spent a whole life being cold and moaning about it, but the thought of making a whole Disney film about it being cold kind of winds me up. And I don't remember anything really, I just don't even remember knowing why one of them had powers. Uh, it's really like annoyed me to be honest. How again, it's like it's like the whole skip thing going back to it being a bit meh. Mm. It's a diluted diet Disney film, that for me. Wait till they see Beauty and the Beast or something else. Like, it's just not got that epic storyline. Yeah, I wonder if it's because it sort of simultaneously has, you know, it's got, it's like a cartoon you can watch and it's got the songs and also the merchandising works well because you've got loads of dolls and dresses and things like that. So it's like hits, hits kids from lots of angles. So James, my friend who originally started this podcast, his daughter, I think he said that, 
she hadn't even seen the film, but she was so into it. She had like the dresses and posters and the, you know, like the bed sheets and everything before she'd even seen the film, before she's old enough to see the film and understand it. She was obsessed with it. And it's like, it's like this grip, like the spell, the magic of the film isn't like that she can turn everything cold. It's just it fucking holds children in a death grip and doesn't let them go. <laughs> yeah. Keeps them busy for like two hours. Yeah. And you know, I think I've seen it a couple of times, but God, like just talking about it, I've got the song stuck in my head, you know, just that little bit. And yeah, it's one of those things like it will just maybe once a year you'll go, okay, fucking stick it on then because we're on the island. There's nothing else to do. And then for the next six months, if you you don't have it in your head, someone else will. Kay Burley walks past you humming whilst she's off to interview a palm tree, you know, humming, let it go. Yeah, exactly. And again, I can imagine that's the sort of thing you killing someone to, you know, like you'll be singing it as you're <laughs> banging like their head. Or someone to death, bludgeoning them with some like seat, plane seat that I've ripped off yeah. and I'm just... Don't tell me to let it go. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> let it go. Uh, yeah, th- there's a number of reasons, that, that, but one of them is definitely that, that everyone on the island, the second they even heard it once, like you say, me and you were singing it in our heads now, Anyone listening probably has a song in their head. Even if you haven't watched the film, you know the song. It would be it would be relentless. And then can either of us really explain the plot? Do you remember? Do you honestly remember what the point of it was? No, I think two princesses. One makes things icy. That's <laughs> I don't know why I can't remember. But yeah, I think it's a really good choice. And you know, I'm not anti things like that at all. You know, like good Disney films with like fun stories and fun songs. I think a great, you know, and genuinely fun for the whole family. But yeah, yeah. Frozen can fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> yes, amen to that. Okay, right. We're going to distract people from that now because finally the island is overrun by the biggest dick of all the animals. Which animal is it and why? This is an animal, right, that I dreamt of meeting one day. I had seen the Instagrams and I was like, this is my dream. This is something, a bucket list thing I have to do. It's a moment I feel left out that I haven't done it. I got obsessed with the idea of doing it. And that was to meet those swimming pigs, right? (laughs) The swimming pigs that you see, I don't know where they are, Barbados or Bermuda or they're out in some gorgeous tropical island. (laughs) And you saw these like gorgeous pictures of people, this little piggies swimming up to the boat and you're feeding them, you're cuddling with them. And then I met somebody who had actually been to see the swimming pigs. I don't know if it helps add to the story, but it was Kelly Brook, right? Kelly Brook said to me, she was like, oh my God, she was like, I saw all the Instagrams. I had to go and see those swimming pigs. So she said she got out there and they were actually horrible, aggressive, biting you. Like all those pictures of influencers with these pigs, they literally, apparently like the pig would like come up behind you and go like, and like go to bite you. And as it's like going, you take the picture and it obviously looks like the pig's smiling or like, oh, look at it. But it's milliseconds from like taking, ripping flesh out of you. She's, I'm sure she said one of them bitter. Um, and then once you feed them, they don't want anything to do with you. They're very fickle. And they, yes, they come swimming up to the boat. But if you try and get in with them, they swim away and they run away. And she said it's like the biggest letdown. <laughs> So it made me, it crushed my dreams and it made me think, oh, I love the idea of these cute swimming pigs. I thought they were just so sweet. Mm. And now I know that they're arseholes. 
That's amazing. I wonder if they've just they're just sick of influencers or something. Yeah, like, they used to be really nice until it became a thing, and now they're like, ah, I got this one the other day. Yeah, fucker. Um, uh, do you know what? It reminds me. I was once somewhere in Asia, and we were like by this river, and there were these big water buffalo that would come down to the river, and this it was kind of like. It was like a beach, you know, so it was, although it was a river, you kind of treated it like being at the seaside and we're just sitting there sunbathing, splashing around. And it was like, oh, look at these majestic creatures come down. And one had a calf with it. And it's like, oh, isn't it beautiful? And then one of them took the biggest piss I've ever seen. I mean, because it's a water, but it's the size of a Volvo, basically. So imagine how big, you know, they can obviously can have a massive piss. And after that, I was like, I'm so glad this is free flowing water. But every time I see things like that, you think, oh, yeah, swimming with the pigs. Don't want the pig to like shit near me while I'm in the water, though. You know, and yeah. I guess you know the fish are doing it all the time. But somehow that sort of seems. But when it's a pig, and like, mm, and you're gonna, you know, you're gonna live with these bastards on the island. So it's like they're gonna be yeah, around you all so the time. So they're gonna be nicking food and biting you, and and obviously you won't. You know, batteries are gonna run out on the phone. So the, the selfie game's over pretty <laughs> quick. And yeah, just I'm just upset really that they're not as cute. And I've always loved pigs. Thought they're very sweet. Mm. But yeah, what a shame that these are so aggressive. I know, I know. I mean, it's a weird thing, isn't it? Anyway, just to have pigs swimming and then to make them really like feral and aggressive. It's just like <laughs> it's like a really weirdly designed character. It's like, how did you come up with this one? Eh? Like, what's going on there? Um, but yeah, I think it's great, especially because it fits in with the with the desert island so well. So uh, yeah, I think it's a fitting end to your horrible island so i think you've done a, a great job choosing your your uh, people and things today so thank you so much for coming on sean where's the best place obviously uh, to keep up to date with what you're up to obviously you're on the radio all the time yeah but get me on yeah i'm on capital every morning uh, 6 a.m till 10 uh, you can get me on the breakfast show for more nonsense but in general get on my instagram i don't tweet as much anymore and i'm not really amazing at tiktoks i've got some up there and they're okay you can have a look and be the judge for yourself but um yeah get on my instagram and it's just sean welby nice one well sean thank you so much for coming on today it's been a real pleasure thank you so much for having me i've loved it So there you go. That was Desert Island Dicks with Sean Welby. And uh, that's about it. So, yes, hopefully we will see you next week at the Bedford Pub in Balham, South London. Tickets are available from the link on the description of this podcast, from our Twitter and Instagram, and from cheerfulearful.co.uk. If you like this podcast, well, then I'm glad. It makes me happy that you're happy. But it would be lovely if you could leave us a rating or a review, preferably both. And, uh, you know tell your friends that would be great it's it's getting colder and darker and wetter and grimmer we all need a bit of laughter in our lives and if this podcast has cheered you up or just entertained you for an hour or so then uh yeah tell your friends about it that would be wonderful desert island dicks is a sync clap production it was created and produced by james deacon it's produced and presented by me dan benedictus and often it's edited by chris attaway but uh, i did it this week which is why it's probably not as good as when he does it special thanks as always to john deacon for his unwavering support and uh, we'll be along with another desert island dicks next week thanks for listening bye